make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. That affirmation from the second letter of Peter well introduces the theme of our brief series of videos on the Christian life of virtue. We are called to live our faith by growing in virtue, and not just any virtues, but virtues animated by love. The Lord in the Gospels uses very, very homely analogies to convey this same reality. In John's Gospel, Jesus portrays himself as the way, the truth, and the life. He is the true way of, to life in whom we live. In this, he is drawing upon the Old Testament portrayal of right relationship with God as walking in his ways. Deuteronomy, for example, calls us to remain faithful to God by walking in his ways, and that involves living according to his commandments and loving God and neighbor. But Jesus also portrays as the one who fulfills the call to live right relationship. He is right relationship with God incarnate. He is the way in which we are all called to walk. But he portrays how this becomes possible for us by another analogy. I am the vine and you are the branches. It is in him that we bear fruit. Once again, he is describing with homely language what Second Peter describes in much more technical language. Second Peter affirms that we are called to participate in the divine nature, to have communion with the divine nature, to be koinoinoi, so to have communion, to participate in the divine nature. And it is from that participation that we live the excellences that the tradition will describe as virtues. The early church used the analogy of iron in the fire to describe the nature of this participation. When you put iron in fire, it remains iron, but it begins to participate in the nature of fire. It begins to glow and it begins to become supple. The blacksmith or the farrier pounding on the iron is able to reshape the iron to participate in another way of being. What was a bar of iron can become a horseshoe or almost anything else, but remains iron, but participates in the fire, in the life of the fire. So, too, grace was understood and is understood as the effect of God's love, the fire of God's love, on human nature. Human nature begins to participate in the divine life as the effect of the divine love on us. And that participation is lived through the excellences that we will study the theological excellences, the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. But these other excellences that even in some way the pagan philosophers and moralists were able to identify, 
that group of virtues that has been described as the cardinal virtues, uh, prudence or phronesis, practical wisdom. So prudence, justice, courage, and temperance, and the other perfections that are annexed to it. If we turn back to Second Peter, we describe the way in which the call to supplement our faith with virtue is characterized by a brief list of virtues that clearly call us to see that we are supposed to discipline our mind and our heart. The list of virtues contains kenosis, knowledge, enkratea, self-control, but then that beautiful virtue of eosebea, which is best translated as reverence. The primary effect of God's grace in our life, of God's love upon us, is that we begin to have a reverence for all things. Reverence for God as our creator who dwells within us, and a reverence for his creation and for all things in creation, eosebea. And that reverence also presupposes endurance, which is, or perseverance, which is the Christian way of describing that virtue of the pagans, which was courage. The primary element of courage for the Christian is perseverance in the trials of life. And then this reverent perseverance that has well-ordered knowledge and love, kenosis and enkratea, is turned outward towards not just our love of God, but of neighbor. And so there is Philadelphia, that friendship love for our brothers and sisters. All of this animated as in bookends with agape. So the list begins with faith and is brought to completion in love. Those mysteries are the mysteries that we will look at in the seven remaining uh, videos. The first three on faith, hope, and charity. The last four on prudence, justice, courage, and uh, temperance. But in this video, it's important for us to look at the way in which the language of virtue, although it comes from uh, pagan philosophical reflection, is both drawn upon and transformed by biblical authors. This transformation began already when the Old Testament, around the 2nd century, mid-2nd century BC, was translated from Hebrew into Greek in Alexandria. They had to find terms for the Hebrew experience of right relationship with God, that primary word, zedekah, and they choose the one Greek virtue that is by its nature relational, dikaiosune, justice, which is defined as rendering to each one his due. And so right relationship with God, zedekah, as Abraham is described as believing, that foundational virtue, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as Zedekah, right relationship with God, that is to say, dikaiosune, that is to say, accounted to him as justice. So that engagement with Greek culture that we inherit through the Latin translations is 
transmitting the Hebrew experience of God through the language that was has its origins in the pagans. But it's transforming that pagan heritage. And that's something that we will time and again come back to when the scriptures draw on the word faith. That is a biblical, rich biblical notion, but it draws upon a human experience of faith. When the scriptures speak of justice, it understands what God does for us in grace by means of the human experience of justice. And so true in terms of growth in virtue. We turn to the human experience of growing in dispositions to understand by analogy how we grow in those dispositions that are gifts of grace. So make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and to put on above all these love. That is what we will look at and I uh, look forward to uh, walking through these texts and this tradition with you.